Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri, senior writer and editor at For the Win, along with Stephen Ruiz, head NFL writer. And joining us today, Michelle Martinelli. Hi. It's party time now. Evan's not here. Evan is not here. I'm it's so, so happy. much quieter in here. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a distinct lack of chatter. <laughs> I can actually put my headphones on all the way. <laughs> I mean, I can yell if you want. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we miss Evan. He's not here. But it, as always, it gives us a chance to have Michelle on the show, which we always appreciate. Um, there's not a lot of surprises to what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about Antonio Brown. Um, as a reminder for everybody who is listening at home, we record the show on Wednesday. We publish it on Thursday, which means that a lot can change, uh, considering how fast this news cycle sometimes move. So keep that in mind, because I have no idea what's going to happen by the time the show actually goes live. So the information that we're working off of right now is uh, stuff that is relevant as of Wednesday evening. So I want to talk about Antonio Brown, which about 12 hours ago, 24 hours ago, was a very different story than it is now. If rewinding... At the start of the football season, like at the start of earlier this week, we had limited ourselves to Antonio Brown as kind of a villain that uh, as kind of like an antihero for the NFL. Right. Um, He had uh, gone through a series of sometimes comical steps that left a lot of people questioning, does he really want to play football? Why is he doing this? And on the very extreme end, people were worried about his mental health, right? We, we were talking about the freezing his feet in the cryo chamber, the helmet saga, and then just everything that happened after with the social media post and the fine and the letter. Stuff that we have talked about. up Everything up to that point. I'm going to say very much that as an outside observer, was actually pretty enjoyable, right? Yeah, I'd say that it was a big moment for NFL players, which is always a good thing for them to have any type of power. He was able to get out of a situation he didn't want to be in and go to a situation he did want to be in. Right. And a lot there was like a lot of pearl clutching, like, yes, this is a terrible example for kids. No, it's not. Yeah. It tells kids to do the job you want to do and get – Paid a lot of money for it. Exactly. So up until yesterday, the conversation, I don't know, Michelle, how you feel about it. But to me, the conversation was just like an NFL storyline. To me, there was no real moral ambiguity about it. It was just Antonio Brown, I thought, you know, trying to get what he wanted. And initially what we had wanted to what I had wanted to talk about on this podcast was whether or not people believed any of the conspiracy theories that he orchestrated all of this and the Patriots kind of had a hand in it. That being said, new information came out yesterday that has changed how we talk about Antonio Brown, like full stop. And that information is that he is now uh, he's now the defendant in a civil lawsuit uh, that was filed by a woman who used to be employed by Antonio Brown as his personal trainer. And she is alleging two instances of sexual assault and one instance of rape. That is a very serious allegation, something that the NFL said that they are looking into, that the Patriots are aware of. But it's something that changes this entire story. And uh, the Patriots and the league reportedly did not know about yes. 
the case before he was signed to yes. the Patriots. I, I mean, I, I definitely agree. Like, I, as someone who couldn't care less what happens to the Raiders or to the Patriots or anything, I thought coming into Tuesday, this was an enjoyable, it was a funny story. Like, it's funny. Like, this guy is getting what he wants. That's awesome. Go forth. This changes things, and I think that it needs to change the way that we as fans, we as media members, we as people on the internet talk about athletes who are accused of any type of violent crime or something that might fall under this umbrella of sexual assault, sexual harassment. Right. So one thing I did, let's let's get into this one thing, um, which is uh, how not to talk about Antonio Brown. And something that I've seen a lot of people do on social media is conflate everything that happened before the sexual assault allegations with the sexual assault allegations. And to me, these are two very separate instances. And correct me if I'm wrong, but one really has nothing to do with the other. Not at all. Yeah, I don't think so. And the alleged incident happened before he even started doing like behaving erratically. Yes. So this wasn't a predictor of what was to come. Right. It came before. And it has nothing to do with the other thing. Like, not showing up to a game is not even on the same level as committing a crime and then committing a crime like that. Yes. Right. Refusing to wear a certain type of helmet is not... Is not a predictor of of sexual assault. Some of the reactions, kind of these knee-jerk reactions that we're seeing on social media and even with some members of the media are kind of, well, what did you expect? Or you should have seen this coming. Or I bet the Steelers are really glad they got rid of him, which is a joke. Like, that's just a joke. And this is like a thing that happens a lot with the media where they conflate, like, off-the-field problems with, you know, being a problem in the locker room. Like, yes. Terrell Owens was one of these guys. He's, like, vilified as, like, a, a problem in the locker room. But th- that's just... He was just a diva receiver. He didn't wasn't committing crimes. He never exactly. got arrested. Exactly. The same with Chad Johnson. And I think that's happening here. Yes, I agree with it. And I think that's a really good point, which is that off-the-field behavior and on-the-field behavior are two separate things. And to be perfectly clear, these sexual assault allegations are very serious and in no way comparable to everything that he was doing on the field. Um, Not to mention that whatever you can do on the field does not erase something you might have done off the field, especially when it is potentially a violent crime against another person. Yeah, and again, we're recording the show Wednesday afternoon. So right now he is practicing with the Patriots and he has not been suspended or placed on the commissioner's exempt list. So as of now, he is still going to play on Sunday. This isn't really going to change anything, honestly. I I don't think that... That the, there's nothing here that says that the Patriots are going to release him. Like, this is a storyline that's going to continue um, throughout the season. And it's something that we've seen over and over and over again. It is not the end of Antonio Brown. It's just not. He's too good. If and the Patriots, like, if if the Patriots do decide to release him and forfeit, what is it, $9 million signing bonus? Uh, somebody else is going to pick him up. The, the crazy thing is the thing that has uh, – a better chance of changing things is his behavior, his off like his yes. locker room behavior, not the rape accusation, which is appalling. Like, 
the NFL could like put in rules to stop players from forcing their way out of a team and getting to another team. But at the same time, I don't know what changes the NFL could make based on the Antonio Brown situation. They're not nothing. And nothing they've done in the past suggests that they would move forward in in changing any rules just because of this. Yeah. It has not been prohibitive to right. have domestic violence or sexual assault accusations in your past. That, that's not kept people from playing in the NFL or other professional sports. Yeah. So the other ways you should probably should not talk about the storyline is uh, we already talked about don't conflate it with everything that that kind of happened on the field. Um, I definitely don't want to hear people talking about how the Steelers are lucky that they decided to part ways with him when they did. I don't want to hear about how the Raiders are lucky that they decided to part ways with him when they did. Like, this is not about your fantasy football team either. Um we have talked about this on the podcast before. We have written about this on For the Win before, which is that the victims in these situations tend to be the ones that kind of get glossed over so that there is a real person behind, uh, you know, these allegations. And it's something that we don't think nearly enough about. And that person's health and well-being and safety and something that, depending on what the situation is, could be an issue that they might have to address for the rest of their lives. Yeah. All of that is so much more important than your sports team. Right. Or how this impacts the rest of the NFL season. Right. right. I've seen some fans from, like, the Raiders and Steelers, like, express, like, joy from this story happening, which is kind of sickening. Yeah. Like, you're rooting for I – don't, I don't even know what to say about that. It's obviously bad. Don't do that. Don't be that type of fan. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. Ongoing story. Uh, I'm going to take this break to remind you guys of some other awesome podcasts that we have in our network of sports media group podcasts. Uh, If you are a fan of MMA, please be sure to check out the MMA Junkie podcast. If you like golf, please check out the Forward Press podcast, which is awesome. And as always, you can find all of the podcasts that we do at usatoday.com backslash podcasts. All right, let's move on to more NFL stuff, actually. I want to talk about this uh, viral video that the Carolina Panthers made earlier this week. It was taking this feel-good story about a young young child who's about 12 years old. His name is Jalen. And it was taken from a local news report that he's been out there trying to mow lawns to save up money for college because he does not want to burden his mother with the cost. The Carolina Panthers and their corporate sponsor Lowe's got wind of the story and decided to help out little Jalen, not by (laughs) donating to his college fund, but by giving him a lawnmower. (laughs) I wish the video would have like had him going, I already have a lawnmower. I I have so many problems with this. And again, I wrote about it on For the Win. But primarily, one, which is that the video was really terribly produced, right? This was this was an ad. The Carolina Panthers had a guy from Lowe's come over and they made sure to mention Lowe's like every 10 seconds in this thing. Like, hey, here's Ken from Lowe's to give you a lawnmower from Lowe's. And the guy was like ver- wearing a Lowe's vest. So like the whole thing was basically a commercial for Lowe's. And then the surprise ends up being that they just gave him a lawnmower. Like, and like a company that's worth billions, billion, millions, billions, whatever, an NFL team that is obviously incredibly valuable. Like you said, you guys couldn't think to maybe donate a little to his college fund, like stuff that wouldn't make you even think about losing sleep right. one night. Like, 
Aren't we complicit in this though? Like we watch, we like yes. eat this stuff up. We watch like Extreme Makeover, which is Home Makeover, which is just a commercial for Sears. <laughs> right, it's, but not, it's, but it's not any different. So the, a couple of other things, and one we're going to get into this. Michelle is going to talk about this a little bit too. But uh, my big problem is with uh, sports teams trying to just market the hell out of the tiniest little acts of uh, kindness that they do, right? You cannot be on the internet these days without a sports team out there trying to make a sentimental video about a player, you know, volunteering somewhere or them donating something to a kid. Like everything is done in front of a camera and it's done for likes and it's done for retweets and it just becomes performative, right? Like it's just a performance. Like after a while, some of the the altruism and whatever genuine emotion is in there has been stripped away. Right. I'm trying to think of an example now because I know we've definitely had this in the past where like years later it comes out that some athlete was quietly donating millions to some cause. And it's just like, I appreciate that because you were doing it because you thought there was something valuable in this, whatever it was, organization, fund, activism caused, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, I like that because you weren't actively going for the press. You were just, I have a lot of money. I don't need all this money. Someone else could do something good with this. Right. And to a degree, I don't mind it because, like, fine, whatever. If teams want the publicity, get the publicity for it. But... This was a commercial. This was a commercial. Like, this absolutely did not deserve it. To give the Panthers some credit, I'm going to (laughs) give Michelle an example of what she's saying. Cam Newton, like, there's been times when he's been caught, like, like, people at these charity events he runs right. take pictures it wasn't like publicized by the team or anything yeah so he's done something like that and and that's great and it really yeah. is not against the athletes because i do think that it comes from a good place it's definitely about the marketing departments and the teams being unable to resist the urge to just like uh, splash everything across social media like have some restraint because some of the stuff that you think you deserve a pat on the back for you actually don't um, but the other thing that Michelle was talking about earlier, which is that some of these feel good stories are not actually feel good stories. Right. You reference the story about uh, a family not being able to afford a wheelchair for a child. Yeah. And um, you, what it was Home Depot, I think, yeah. came together and, you know, worked with the community or whatever it was to build this kid a wheelchair. And um Media outlets, you know, everyone's sort of complicit in this. Right. Media outlets turned it into this wonderful feel-good story. And I think we gloss over the point that why is this family, this child, in a position where some company has to come in and build them a wheelchair because something to accommodate this person's needs are so outrageously, astronomically expensive that this family cannot afford it. And then not only... Is it that, but you're capitalizing on someone's inability to afford something that should be very basic and a basic right to have reasonable access to that right. to make it, money off of it, essentially. Right. It's about glossing over structural issues with, you know, personal responsibility and making that kind of a feel-good story. And inequality and ableism and a yeah. whole variety of issues that you're essentially slapping your your corporate name on so that you can turn something into a feel-good story that that's great that this one individual can hopefully now get around better but it's missing the bigger picture the bigger point the bigger problem right so with this very particular carolina panthers lowe's jalen story um 
what struck me as as being kind of awful is that he didn't want to burden his mother with the cost of tuition. And as a 12 year old to be thinking about that is just kind of heartbreaking. Right. Like he's yeah. 12. He's already worried about money. It's that's totally sad. Um, and what the time editor at large, Ananda Jurdas, pointed out in his Twitter feed is that Lowe's actually laid off a ton of people. They are just kind of they are perpetuating this cycle of poverty that poor Jalen is trying to get out of and at giving him a lawnmower, it does not help anything, right? So there's just different levels of why this is not a feel-good story. Um, maybe everybody's intentions were really good, but I think if you stop, take a take a step back and try to think about who does this really benefit, I'm not sure it benefits Jalen all that much. I got a bunch of student loans. I'll take a lawnmower. <laughs> I'm not going to use it, but sell it. I'll sell it. <laughs> right, exactly. Like I hope he sold it on eBay, right? right. And, and was able to just get some cold hard cash out of it. Um, so I we talked a lot about the NFL. It's kind of a downer podcast. I'm not going to lie, but the Antonio Brown thing honestly has really shaken me up. But uh, it's just disappointing. And uh, I was so looking forward to calling my boss a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like it. I can't. It doesn't even matter anymore. <laughs> I know. He got away with calling his bo- boss a cracker. And and we can't even appreciate it. <sighs> That's a selfish way of looking at it from our perspective, <laughs> but still. It is. Uh, thank you guys for listening to us and hanging out with us. 